Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reimbold, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. Now let me say that again. We subject for the love of God. You and I are participants. If I, as a minister, can get you to understand that God made rules... And it is so simple if you follow the rules. When you came here, the, the speed limit was 55 and you ran 75, and a policeman pulls you over and gives you a ticket, 
What happened? You broke the law. You broke the rule. The same thing works exactly in God's Word. You may get by with, for a while, breaking the law, breaking God's Word. But as I keep saying, payday will come. It may be that it doesn't come every Friday evening at 4 o'clock, but payday with God always comes. Turn with me to Zechariah 8, and we will start there. Zechariah 8. There's got to be. There's got to be more, Lord, than we have. Show me the way. The cry of my heart was exactly that. There has to be more, Lord. Show me the way. I pray that, uh, you know, and I know that. I know that most of you here have a hunger for God or you wouldn't be here. Zechariah 8. Let's hear those pages. Zechariah 8, 16 and 17. Now, these are the things that ye shall do. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Execute judgment of truth and peace in your gates. And let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. And love no false oath, for all these are things that I hate, saith the Lord. So the one thing that we want to in this uh, set of verses to look at is let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. Don't, 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 none of you. Don't, none of you. Well, I'm going to tell you what, it's a little hard because, you know, every morning at 645, my next door neighbor's dog, Fifi, you know which one that is, comes over and voodoo's right on my sidewalk in front of the house. Huh? I'm going to take a shovel. No, I'm not going to clean up the doo-doo. I'm going to hit that little thing when it comes by like a golf ball. <laughs> Wrong heart? Yeah, I'm afraid so. You mean you're supposed to, probably you think you're supposed to like it because Fifi comes over to the yard? No. But let me tell you a story about how God works. In fact, I let this out of the bag back in the office to some of the guys earlier. You, you see, God is constantly looking upon the intent and the purpose of this scripture, right? I've said that many times to you. And in order for God to fix you up through your heart, he has to let you experience certain things. He has to let you experience certain things. Now, to your great surprise, Fifi... And the neighbor next door could be the very thing in which God is going to use to try to get your attention and to get you to straighten your heart up. Your heart, not theirs. Is it wrong that Fifi... Well, of course it's wrong. But now how are you going to get them... Well, now, well, now what I do is I'd walk over next door and say, Hey, George. Well, maybe he's not George. Hey, George, Fifi needs to be kept over in your yard. Hmm? Then I'll just go back, and that'll be, you know. Well, what if he gets mad and punches you in the nose because you come over and talked about his darling Fifi dog? Fifi and the voodoo that comes out of that dog does not smell. Did you not know that? <laughs> the Lord God will bring people into your life. Come on. He will bring people into your life to see if you can love them. To see if you can love them. Folks, it's easy <laughs> to poke George in the nose, have Fifi hauled off to the dog pound, okay? But is that really what God's doing? No. If you can begin to look at the thing that I've told you from the beginning, your biggest problem is you. I want you to take your finger. You got it? This one right here, your next finger. I want you to put it on the end of your nose. And say, it's me, Lord. The biggest problem you have is you. Okay? God is not, it's not that God's not interested in George and Fifi. Well, not so much Fifi, but George. But what God is interested in is what are you going to do and how are you going to react in your heart when that takes place? Now, when I was in a, a church, a Pentecostal church, and I had not even started to think about being in ministry. There was a man in this church that, that, that blessed God, that was an elder. And he was called upon after every service to pray. 
Now, this guy could pray 10, 12, 15 minutes and never say nothing. You ever heard anybody do that? Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Every time that the pastor would call upon this guy, I'd cringe. He would say something, he would speak a sentence, and then the next sentence he would turn the first sentence around. And then about a paragraph later, he would take that sentence and turn it back around where it was in the beginning. And when the prayer was over, you didn't know what the guy had said, nor did he. But, oh, he prayed. Oh, God. I'm going, somebody needs to take him out back and horsewhip him right out here behind the, you know. Well, that's the love of the Lord. I see him. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I, what I'm trying to do is tell you where I was at then, where some of you are at now. Okay? <clears throat> so, every time the guy, like I said, he'd get up to pray. Of course, he had to come up front and get the microphone so he could, you know. Well, every time he would do, I mean, I'd just go, oh, man. So then I had to say a few things to a few other people. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see, now I had judged, and now I was on Discord, haven't I? So um, I don't even want to hear this guy's name, and every time it comes up, I go, oh, come on. At that point in my career with God, I could lay the hands on my two young boys any time they were sick, and God instantly healed them. Instantly. Well, the youngest of those two was sick with a with a cold, and it was with uh, had uh, uh, the lungs were seemed sounded like they were whatever. The doctor over here would know what that's all about. And so I okay, line up here, Bernie. He lined up and poured the oil on his head, put my hands on him, and prayed. Got done an hour later, he and he had fever, and the fever was high. I'm going, well, what happened there? Always oh, it was almost instantaneous. Huh? All of a sudden, I hear this voice from behind me. I just don't like it when it comes from. <laughs> There's never been a lot of good news come from behind me, okay, that I, that I, that I know. And I hear this voice behind me say, call Elder Ron. His first name was Ron. Have him come, and as the scripture says, pour oil upon him, lay his hands upon him, and pray the prayer of faith. <laughs> Why well, will rebuke that in the name of no? I knew better than to rebuke it. I knew where it came. I go, oh God, you can't bet. What this guy? This guy can't. This his prayers aren't even getting above the room. He said, if you want the boy to be well, you're going to have to call the elder on. Well, he kept getting worse, and I kept pacing back and forth, and I thought, what the heck, give the guy a call, he'll come out here and pray, let's get it over. (laughs) God's not going to honor this thing. God honors his word, doesn't he? So I picked the phone up, and and, and I said, now, Elder Ron, I said, "Would, would you care to, oh, he said, I'll be right out. Sure enough, here he come. I'm sitting there going, that's going to be a 20-minute prayer. He's got us here, a captivated audience. We're really going to get it. Walks in. I greet him, of course, with a Christian hug. So why do you tell on yourself like this, prophet? Because I want you to understand something. You're looking at a major prophet of God that was living right there one day. I want you to understand, this hasn't been a cakewalk. I just didn't all of a sudden, no, 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 no. I've been through just about everything you can imagine, everything you've been through, and a lot of things that you've yet to go through. He walks in and takes out a little bottle of oil out of his pocket, and I go, ah, oh, come on. Anoints my son, lays hands on him, and prays. Gets done, I kind of look at the boy, don't look much different. Thank him for coming. Out the door he went. In an hour, he was completely well. Now, how could God use that? This guy. So I go to prayer. And the Lord God said, now I want you uh, to, uh, next, uh, next time you go to, to church, he said, I, I want you to uh, ask him to forgive you because your heart wasn't right. You judged him and so discord. 
He said, you repent to me as you repent to him. I thought, oh, Lord, beat me with a big stick. Don't make me, don't make me go. I'm at church now. Uh, Elder, Elder Ron. Oh, yeah. He said, how's, how's, how's Bernie? I said, oh, he's fine. Oh, he said, God's something, isn't he? I said, here it comes. And all of a sudden, from back there, this voice says, be careful. Be careful. And I said, well, Elder Ron, uh, I've got a, uh, and I'm starting to stutter at this time. He said, well, what, what, what is it, brother? I said, well, I, I want to repent. I said, you know what? I said, I've really had a problem with you, with the praying in front of the congregation. He said, yeah, my wife does too. I'm thinking, she's next. I said, will you forgive me? Will you forgive me because I know that I'm not right. I know my heart's not right. That I judged you and I even sowed discord among the brethren. He said, absolutely, I forgive you. He said, I'm sorry that I don't pray very well. He said, you know, he said, I get all mixed up and get all nervous. Well, see, I didn't know that part. I thought he was arrogantly going up there, and he was just doing that to... Remember now, actually, it's not PG-13, it's PG-rated. He did that to aggravate me. (laughs) As adults, you understand where we're at here, okay? But he really couldn't help the way he prayed. And I thought, well, Lord, I didn't, I didn't quite know that part. And I hear the voice say, you're never going to know all the parts. Just do what's written in the book. Love your brother as you love yourself. I said, yeah. Yeah. And you want to know something? Every time, I think I was in that church probably another year or so, every time that brother would go pray, I'd want to stand up and applaud. Why? Because now I knew where he was coming from. Before, I thought he just did it to aggravate everybody. Do you understand? Something was wrong in here. Something was here. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, prophet, Nothing wrong with my heart, but I'm going to tell you what. My neighbor over there, we had a little squabble 20 years ago, God forbid. We've not spoken since, and the reason we haven't is he's wrong. Really. But it's not you, it's him. Do you know how to get his heart right? Go beg him to forgive you. Somebody's listening to me today. Go beg him to forgive you. And that will break the whole thing, won't it? But you know, again, our flesh won't let us be... How many remember the Fonzie thing on TV? Fonzie could never say, I'm wrong. On Happy Day, I'm... He never could say wrong. Some of us don't ever want to admit that we could be wrong. What difference does it make? If you can mend the heart of your brother... Now listen to me. And you're not willing to go, you're both guilty. You're both guilty. You have to understand something. The command is to love. The command is not to justify. It's not to decide that, bless God, well, they're not deserving. Neither are you. Neither am I. Our justification comes through the Son by the Father. Amen? All righty. Now, so I, I love this. And, uh, you know, he says, uh, let none of you imagine evil in your heart against, uh, against his neighbor. Well, you see, I was imagining evil in my heart, wasn't I? I? And I did. Now, did that completely cure me? No, not completely. But what it starts doing, brothers and sisters, it starts to begin us on a road or a step toward the kingdom. It it is a beginning, and then you have to take that beginning, and you have to work on it. Because if you don't, you've got to understand something. There's going to be another Fifi. There's going to be another neighbor George that's going to come along. 
The names, the faces, the forms, and the shapes are going to change. But the, ser- the, the, the seriousness, of seriousness, I'll get it in a minute, of the spiritual impact of this thing is this going to be the same. And that mountain is going to keep coming to you over and over and over and over until you beat it. Now, how do you beat it? You have to be, what did I say this morning, sin conscious. You've got to understand to do ill against your brother. Now, that means brother or sister. You girls aren't going to get out of this that easy. Is bless God, is sin. If that sin is there, and it has been in the church for centuries, never been exposed, no one has ever challenged it, and there's been no prophet to demand that it changes. But it's going to change in this organization. Without you coming, listen closely, because this is prophetic, and it probably sounds mean to some of you. But if you don't change your hearts, you're not going to Israel, not with this prophet. You're going to change your hearts. It's called love. It doesn't make any difference. Somebody hits you over the head with a two-before. Oh, come on, prophet. Now, how are you going to love somebody like that? You love the unlovely. When you can love the unlovely, you're going to get there. But there's a step or two between loving the unlovely and just understanding that you yourself are not very lovely. Okay? You have to examine yourselves. You have to begin to say, you know what? Dad, God, I can remember. Let me tell you when this happened to me. Let me tell you what the end result of this was. As I had made my mind up, and you might want to make sure you get this noted, as I made my mind up that every day I was going to have to have a pencil and or a pen and a piece of paper, and every day that I said anything or thought anything that was other than love itself, that I, ha- I would write it down. And that I then, then, then when that happened, all of a sudden, I began to say to the Lord, Lord, show me the people that has come and gone in my life that I've offended because I was not a good brother. Meaning I didn't love them. Oh, you better have a pen and pencil when that happens, okay? You better have a pen and pencil, and you better write that all down. And I don't long since have forgotten the number, but there was several people that I had to go and repent to. Well, if it happened all the way back there, couldn't you just say, forgive me, Jesus, and go on? No, I'm sorry. There's something about going to a person that causes a release in both your hearts. A release in the spirit, okay? Now, so I would be somewhere, and maybe I'd stop in in somewhere, and all of a sudden I'd look up, and there'd be somebody that, bless God, that had done me wrong. Anybody here ever hang by do them wrong? Of course we have. So we think. And all of a sudden, that voice behind me, oh, oh would say, go over and tell them you're sorry that you, whatever it was. I'd go over, and you know, and every one, every one of those occasions, that person would say to me, you know what, Tom, I should have come to you a long time ago. Now listen, this is just silly, isn't it? It takes somebody, now listen, it takes somebody big enough To let a release come both ways with people. Now, folks, I'm telling you something here that is something that God deals with the hearts that have come past, well past salvation, well past the the infillment of the Holy Ghost, the Rahakadish. People that have started the journey, the people that have watched the faucet be turned on with a good flow down to the drip, 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 drip. Turn back up and start to flow just a little better again where most of you are. I am teaching you into an area that if you can't come over, listen to this prophet, you're done. You'll be no good to yourself and you sure won't be any good to this community. You need to write that down. You need to write it down. 
Yeko Shakia Rabahash. So by going to these people, and and not all of them, but almost every one of them was it was the same thing. I we should have got together. We should have settled this a long time ago. Isn't that ridiculous? And yet, if I hadn't have done that, that brother would have held aught against me the rest of his life. Now, and I would have held aught against him. You don't want to have aught in your heart against anybody, okay? And again, what makes any difference who's right and wrong? That doesn't make any difference. That's not what God's looking at. God is looking at what? He's looking at our hearts. Some kind of God, isn't he? Let's go to Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6. Backed up a little bit, but it'll be all right. Usually I don't do that to you, but I want to be mean this weekend. Nobody laughed. Thank you. Deuteronomy 6.4. Deuteronomy 6.4. Here is the cry of every Jew on the face of this earth. Okay? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Usually it's one God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. That is a commandment. Most of you know that. Most of you have succumbed to that long ago. That you do love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart... And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontless between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of the house and on thy gates. Of course, we're talking about the tefillin, and bless God, uh, that, that, that the mezuzah which we put on our, our doors. But you know what he's saying is the commandment is to love him. Now, if you love anything with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, with all of your power, then there's not anything else going to infiltrate that. Right? No. If you can do that. Now, I'm sure today that if, 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 you know, if we were to take a vote of some sorts, that, uh, that you would say, well, yeah, I, I love the Lord like this. Well, th- that's what you're supposed to do, and I hope that you do, and most of you probably have for a long time. But you see, again, if you are commanded, and that's what you want to make sure you understand this, this is a commandment. It's not an elective. It's not you do it when you get a chance to do it, you do it. Now, now, what is it again that we do if we love him? We keep his commandments, don't we? Okay? What is it we do if we hate him? We don't keep his commandments. So he commands us to love him. And if we're going to love him, then we're going to do what? We're going to keep his commandments. Go to Psalms 97.10. Psalms 97.10. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, these 2 o'clock services, you've got to be careful nobody goes to sleep. But you know, so far I can say this. So far I don't think that we've had anybody go to sleep in, in any of the 2 o'clock services. Now, if you should go to sleep, you will get your $20 back, okay, and be charged another fifteen ninety-five. Well, that's not fair. I didn't say it was fair. I just said that's more... What we're going to do? No, that's the reason I yell every once in a while. When I see you go, I know I have awakened you. All right. And if anybody is snoring, no, I got to stop. Had a guy you sat right here. You're day in the barrel. That's all I can tell you. Right here. This guy I had known back when I was preaching in my living room. Okay? Could you say he was a friend? Nah, whatever. This guy would sit here every week. This guy would go to sleep every week. His wife would elbow him every week. He would apologize every week when he went out that door. One Wednesday night, I'm having myself a good time. 
the Lord. And this brother, okay, he went into his usual sleep. Now, I had noticed in the weeks prior to this, he had begun to snore. My granddaughter loves it when I do that. And this particular night, I have a microphone. He got louder than me. <laughs> she would nudge him and... <laughs> and it wasn't ten seconds till he snored again. And every time she'd wake him, he would snore louder the next time than he did the, the time before. And so I'm back here, and that's up there, and then I'm going... Well, they... They didn't know that meant turn up the mic. They didn't know that. But that, that particular service, that old boy got more attention than I did. Okay? Now, that probably because the sermon I had may not have been all that, you know, whatever. But that night when he went out, he said, I really want to apologize. He said, you know, he said, my wife tells me I was snoring. I said, brother, you were snoring so loud that I couldn't preach over the top of your snoring. Does anybody know anybody that snores that loud? Thank you, thank you, and thank you. It happens, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, well, I don't snore. Donna does, okay? I... No, no I, she tells me I do, but I said, no, nah, I've never heard myself. I, I don't. No, don't think that ever happened to me. Psalms 97.10. 97.10, Psalms. Hallelujah the Lord God of Israel. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. You need to underline that. Ye that love the Lord, you hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. But ye that love the Lord hate evil. Now, we must somehow describe and identify and give a definition to the word evil. Well, I can tell you what evil is. That's a devil. Okay, that's not bad. I'll tell you what evil is. It's when people shoot other people. I'm go there. That's evil. I can tell you what evil is. And it goes on, it goes on, it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. But did you ever think that evil is those that don't keep the commandments? Those that do not keep the law, because that's exactly what it is. You see, again, it's a matter of how we have been taught, trained. It's a matter of what has been tolerated in the churches in which you and I have gone to in the past. When they talked about evil, they talked about those things and many more of which I've mentioned. But at the same time, you never heard anybody tell you that if you don't, lo you don't love the Lord God, if in fact you don't keep the commandments, all the commandments. And that which you become is what? You become evil because you hate him. Because that's what the scripture says. Psalms 122. 122.6, all right? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall, they shall prosper that love thee. Now, and you know what I've said, and I may have said something last night about the fact that every day you need to pray for Jerusalem, okay? The capital of Israel, our home. But it says, they shall prosper that love thee. Now there again is, is God promising through the psalmist that... We are going to prosper if, in fact, what? Now, see how this is beginning to tie together? Those that do what? Keep his rules. Keep his commandments. They are going, they shall prosper that love thee. And again, if you love him, you keep the commandments. Psalms 145.20. 145.20. Got some one-liners one here. We'll get through these. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. Again, when you start looking at the fact that if you don't keep his commandments, then you too are placed in the category of the wicked. Well, now wait, now, well, wait a minute. I go to the first church of the righteous. I've got, I've got Jesus inside. 
Now, I'm going to go through this one more time, and when I say that, that's only about a million more times that I'm going to go through it down the line. When you receive salvation, you receive eternal life. That's what he came to do, all right? The problem the church got into was that he came, and when he came, this is the new covenant, and there's no evidence of that. Continuation of the covenant, as we've taught you, yes. So what you've got to understand is you have salvation. You have the, the, the authority of his name. He left that with us. But he really left that with the believers of the covenant. Now listen closer to me because I'm about to tighten that safety belt up that I spiritually give you. When, in fact, Yeshua spoke those words, he was speaking to people that were, bless God, at that point, what? Not even saved. Do you realize he gave them, the, the, let them use the authority of his name and they weren't even saved? Read it, it's there. Now, do you have to understand something else? That, bless God, that at the same time, he was speaking to people that were keeping the Holy Covenant. He was speaking to people that were keeping the Holy Covenant. So when you, when you begin to realize that, that bless God, that, that he wasn't speaking. See, he wasn't speaking to a bunch of charismatics. Oh, golly, Jesus, I want a new Cadillac and win the lottery tomorrow morning at 1045. No, he was talking about covenant keeping. Those people were coming to synagogues. They were being taught the first oracles if they were strangers. If they weren't, bless God, it was, it was synagogue as, as usual. The difference was that he, the Messiah, had come. Now, in Proverbs 10, we'll get to Proverbs. should have to have you hold your finger there. Proverbs 10, let's do 11. Proverbs 10, 11. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirreth up strife, but love covereth all sins. How can love cover all sins? Because if I had a love, George, my neighbor, remember, with the Fifi the poodle, I wouldn't have sinned. Pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty simple. If you love, you won't sin. If you don't love, you are in sin. You need to write that down, okay, because it's important. You have got to understand and you have got to come above your flesh man. You've got to break this stinking spirit of religion out of your lives. You've got to understand, and, and really you need to probably begin to compare. Those of you that have been around for three, four, five years now, you need to compare the difference between where you have been and where you're at now. You need to compare that. And you know what you're going to come up with? They're going to fall way short. Not because of me, but because that which I am in God. This message needed to have been taught eons ago in the church. But like I said, without a prophet, there's not correction. Without correction, what do you have? You've got a bunch of absolute bratish children with dirty diapers and pacifiers in their mouth. That is what the church is. Oh, you want to step out back, huh? Come on, come on. Huh? We're better than that. Come on. You're talking about us. No, I'm telling the truth about us. I'm trying to get us to understand that, bless God, that we've been duped. I'm trying to get us to understand that we weren't taught the simple things, the simple things of God's holy word. There's nothing deep about this message except it's extremely deep within this message. Love thy neighbor as yourself. Now, love covereth all sins. Let's go to the 24th verse, Proverbs 10. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. Who are the righteous? The ones that love. Now let's let's try to let's try to get this thing let's try to get this thing in perspective one more time. Now fear of the wicked shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. 
that is the desire of the righteous. What do you desire? There's got to be things that we all desire. I desire a better job. I desire, you know, I desire this. I desire, bless God, what do you desire? That is also what? It is a commandment. He says, but the desire of the righteous. Who are the righteous? Those that keep the covenant. Now again, and I hope the, the thing that can excite you this weekend is I'm taking you into an area that definitely hasn't, has not been mentioned because I've mentioned it. But now I'm teaching into that, I'm exposing that, and now I'm about to demand it from you. Who dropped that pen on the rug? You understand what I'm saying? Playing games is over. Well, you said that back the first time we got together. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Playing games is over. We're done playing games. Let the righteous rise. Let those that bless God that are going to walk upright before the Lord God in love, let them stand and let us applaud them. But you understand, brothers and sisters, we in this organization have come against a wall. God's not going to allow us to go any further until we are able to tear that petition down. And the only way to tear it down is to walk in love. The only way to tear it down is to get self out of the way and the Lord in the way by His commandments, by His holy word. Let's go back to Isaiah 63, or go to Isaiah 63, the 7th verse, Isaiah 63, 7. Isaiah 63, 7. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindness. For he saith, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie, so he was their Savior. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity he redeemed them, and he bare them, and carried them all in the days of old. In the days of old, okay? Tenth verse. But they rebelled and vexed the Holy Spirit. Therefore he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. It's a little hard when God's fighting against you for you to win, isn't it? The church can never, never conceive what was just said from this beamer. Right here, right now, this afternoon. That the Lord God comes against his enemy. Now, who's his enemy? Those that do not keep his holy covenant and today the testimony of his holy son, Yeshua. Okay? Now, for the rest of them, bless God, he said, I'm going to fight against them. Now, listen. If you are praying, okay, and you are not in the category of keeping his holy covenant, okay, testimony of his holy son, then what's the odds of your prayers being answered when he is against you? Zero. Your prayers are getting about as high as, uh, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe here, huh? But you see, brothers and sisters, that's the reason the church is playing such games. That's the reason I kept saying over and over again, where is the power of the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost in these services? Where is the anointing of the Lord our God in Yeshua's name? Show me the might and the power of our God. They all sit there like you're sitting there. Why? The Lord's against them. Well, now, wait a minute. They, I was just down there at that. Maybe that was the second church instead of the first church of the righteous. And they, they assured us down there that God was with them. He is, if they're keeping the covenant. They're keeping the testimony. See, the church doesn't have a problem with the testimony of Yeshua, do they? No. 
Where the problem lies is back over here with the covenant, which we long since have set that free from your minds and your spirits, or hopefully anyway that, uh, that we have. Now, the 11th verse. Then he remembered the days of old, Moses, and his people, saying, Where is he that brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he that put his Holy Spirit within him, that led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the water before them to make himself an everlasting name, that led them through the deep as a, as a horse in the wilderness, that they should not stumble. As a beast goeth down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord caused him to rest. So didst thou lead thy people to make thyself a glorious name. So it's all about his glory. It's about all of it. And, and when, when he began to say that, that bless God, in the, 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 the 10th verse, but they rebelled and vexed the Holy Spirit, therefore he was turned to their enemy and he fought against them. All that he did, he opened up an ocean for whatever, two and a half, three and a half million people. Uh, brother, he figured that out, and I don't remember how wide he said it was. Ten people wide and two feet between them. The line at, at, at two, two and a half million would have been something like a hundred mile long. Hmm? He brought water out of a rock. The Lord God sent manna food from heaven, angel food. And yet it, it, wasn't, it wasn't enough, and they break the covenant of the Lord God. How'd they break the covenant? Because they were told they didn't do it. Moses came down, and there all this was going on. They were partying. Hmm? And they got to walk around for 40 years around the same bunches of bushes and trees, and in a week or week and a half, they could walk across the desert. Were, that, were they that poor of navigators? No, 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 no. God was that just that good of a confuser. Okay? You can't defile this living God and be blessed. Now, let me, let me go back. Let me go back so you can understand. Yeshua said, And all that I have done, ye, say I'm ye, he said, all that I have done, ye shall do, and even greater things shall you do. Now, again, as I'm always saying, I don't want anybody just to, you know, break their legs standing up to get stood up here to say, hey, that's me. You won't find that in the church world. We're not even doing what he did. We're not even close to being brothers and sisters where that was. And he said, even greater things shall ye do. And the church is sitting back. You're starting to get this, aren't you? Somebody shake your head. The church is sitting back, keeping the testimony, and has walked away from the covenant. Now the Lord God says, for those that hate me, the church hates him and doesn't even know it. The church isn't going to get anything from him. The church isn't going to work the works of his Holy Son. The church is dying. The church is sick. And yet, at the same time, what goes on? At the very same time, bless God, they have talked themselves into believing everything is okie-dokie. No, it's not. It's a long way from okie-dokie. Church is a gathering of people for a social hour to pacify themselves into believing, oh, the Lord our God. Did you feel the anointing in that service? <laughs> Must have been somebody kicked the air conditioner on. Huh? Felt the air blowing out of the vents. The anointing of God breaks the yoke. That's what the anointing of God does. Listen to what the Lord, the Lord has to say. Let's go now to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah. 
31, 1 through 9. Jeremiah 31, 1 through 9. At the same time, saith the Lord, will I be the God of all families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, and shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria, that the planters shall plant, and shall eat them as common things. For there shall be a day that the watchman upon Mount Ephraim shall call shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. For thus saith the Lord, Sing ye glad, with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the, of the nations, Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them forth from the north country, and gather them from the coast of the earth, and with them the blind and the lame, and the woman with child, and her that travaileth with child together a great company shall return thither. And that is us, Ephraim. Okay. Now, why is he doing this? He said, out of loving kindness. Do you really think that after all that we have pulled, done wrong, do you think if you were God that you would uh, do this? I'm not sure I would if I was God. Of course, that's one of how many thousands of reasons why I wouldn't be, couldn't be. But he says it's out of loving kindness. He said, I, I'm going to go forth. I'm going to bring them from the north country, gather them from the coast of the earth. And with them, the blind and the lame, he's bringing them all. So he's leaving nobody behind, is he? Ninth, the ninth verse. They shall come with weeping and with supplication. Will I lead them? I will cause them to walk by the rivers of the waters and the straightway. Wherein they shall not stumble, for I am a father of Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. He said they're not going to stumble. Now, we are in the preparation stage of this. He is drawing... Okay, when the time comes, he is drawing. Right now, we are getting ready to be taken back to the land of Israel. The very thing that generation after generation after generation that's been on this earth has looked toward and waited for, we're that generation. I have said from the very beginning of the ministry with the Lord God that we are the generation upon whom the ends are written, you and I. Now, in order for us to participate, we're going to have to understand. Now, and I hope and I pray that the anointing that God has given to me can speak directly to your heart. I know that it can. I just hope that you'll let it so that you can understand. Folks, this isn't a great mystery. This isn't something that, bless God, that only somebody with, a, with a, you know, an IQ of a genius could understand. No, no, the gospel was given unto the poor. Bless God, it's the, it's the people that's got the brainy end of it that have all the trouble getting a hold of the simplicity of it. Thank God for the simplicity of His Word. Thank God that He has brought us forth, even in spite of all of our wisdom and all of our knowledge. Amen? So He's going to bring forth. We are at that place. In order for us to get past this petition that we've now come against, we're going to have to do what? We're going to have to go back and re-examine this right here. We're going to have to re-examine our hearts, and we're going to have to begin to, to give account. Am I? Am I loving my brothers and sisters? But as I said, one of the things tonight we're, we're going to have people come up here to be prayed for is that they don't love themselves. Of things that have happened in your life. You can't love somebody if you don't love yourself. 
You can't. Do you know? Do you know that there's there's people that I I've counseled with for years and years and years that have simply said to me, you know what? I've never given my children a hug. I've heard that, folks. What's that about? Because they were never hugged themselves. That's exactly what it's about. Hmm. There's a sermon in that. Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 33. 30th verse, okay? 33. 30. I hope that you feel privileged not to be here in front of this prophet, but to be privileged that God would choose you to be the first fruits of this thing. Because let me tell you something. As we tear this petition down and you walk through it, you're going to be able to teach this. That's the thing that I think that I'm having the hardest part in is to get you to visualize that there are hundreds of thousands of people that's going to get involved in this thing. We are going to need, in the end, hundreds of thousands of teachers, of preachers. And yet some of you are sitting here today feeling sorry for yourselves that the prophet has not acknowledged the greatness of your anointing. I don't need the greatness of your anointing, at least until we get that tore down. And let's see, let me peek over here. About ten more after this one. We're not finished, folks. I told you when this all started, I have revelation knowledge from the throne room. I'm going to bring you from all the way there, all the way back to Israel. If you'll let me, if you'll trust me, if you'll be eager, give up, give in. Say, give up, give, up. give, in. give in. You need to write that down. And if I were you, I'd, I'd get a sticky note and put that on the dash of my car. I would probably put that on my refrigerator, up on the side of the computer, so that you can understand that it is giving up and giving in. That's what it is. Does that hurt? Ouch, that hurts. No, that don't hurt. You know what that's really doing when you give up and give in? You're glorifying God. Never heard that before in all the churches you've ever sat in. Why? Because you're sending him a signal. Lord, I love you more (laughs) than I love myself. Lord, I love you more than the situation that's here. I love you enough, Lord, that, 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 that I'm willing to look like a fool. To go to somebody and say, hey, whew, messed up, didn't I? Thus saith the Lord, some of you will have to go to some that's in this room before this weekend's over and ask to be forgiven. I don't see that, does he? Uh-huh. Yeah, he does. Are you beginning to understand this isn't what I want? It isn't what you want. It's what he commands. It doesn't have anything to do with being a prophet or being this or being... It's got everything to do with serving God. I couldn't be where I am now, folks, if I didn't know what I know now, if I hadn't walked through what I walked through I couldn't be here to teach you. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom. 
Until tomorrow, and remember, with God, all things are possible. Thank you.